Hey everyone, welcome to the 1080 Outdoors Podcast. I am your host, Taylor Henry. This is episode 8 of the 1080 Outdoors Podcast, and today we will play our interview with public land hunting legend Dave Owens, who I think has probably killed about 12 turkeys in the south already. He is an absolute wealth of knowledge and is a turkey hunting nut. Check out his hunting stories at the Pinhoti Project. Before we get into his interview, I will kind of cover a little bit what we've been doing the last week or so. Uh, Jed and I and Tyler just got back from Nebraska uh, where I was able to arrow a Jake um, on Tuesday morning. We were able to get on some property there that was loaded with turkeys. Um, Jed had a little bit of mishap. We're going to actually cover that hunting uh, trip on Saturday, Saturday, I believe, which today is March 28th, and it's Thursday. I think Saturday we're going to do a... uh, um, Facebook Live and go over that um, hunt in Nebraska and kind of what all happened there. But uh, for the most part, we are still ramping up here, scouting and shed hunting. Yesterday, I finally got out for the first time shed hunting a little bit. Uh, we were able to find a decent uh, one side eight pointer. The weather is finally looking up here in Wisconsin. The snow is getting off and it isn't extremely muddy, but it is a little bit muddy. And I think turkeys are starting to get warmed up too. We saw some strutting last night on our way down to shooting our bows. So kind of going back into what Dave talks about. Dave is is an absolute crazy public land hunter. He did 75 different morning hunts last year. Um, and it's, he documents everything on his YouTube page. So he, he I've already been watching his uh, hunts this year so far. He hunts a lot in the south. And he started the year in Florida where he got at least two or three, and now he's moved over to Alabama. I'm not 100% sure where he's at right now, but he, he is uh, something else. I, I don't think in the Midwest we're not accustomed to seeing people as crazy about turkey hunting as he is. But down south, it's just a different ball game, and um, he's he's very excited to talk to. He, he shows a lot of tips and tricks because he does hunt mainly on public land. So, uh yeah, we, we did hunt some public in Nebraska. We didn't have any luck there. Uh, it just seems to be the birds are just difficult. They end up herding up on private land around the public, and we ended up door knocking. But Dave I primarily primarily um, hunts public. So he we go in depth here on public land tactics, especially for turkey hunting. So if you're a public land hunter or just a turkey hunter in general, Make sure you listen to this whole podcast as Dave is, is one of the better turkey hunters, turkey hunters I've ever talked to. And also just make sure you tune in um, Saturday and Jed and I are going to cover and bring in some footage on Facebook Live from our Nebraska hunt. Again, this is the 1080 Outdoors podcast. We appreciate everyone who's been following along on our hunts. Make sure you go to our Facebook, like our Facebook page, go over to Instagram, hit a like. And then on this podcast, make sure you please subscribe, um, enter in a rating or comment as long as it's positive, and uh, continue to follow our journey. We're going to be having our cameras follow us around all year. Um, our last Pursuing the Strut episode dropped yesterday, and those will continue to drop weekly until uh, I think in the middle of April. So we're going to continue dropping more podcast episodes here as we have about 10 or so more that we have recorded already that we will kind of release and drip through uh, the spring here. So we're excited. Thank you very much for listening. We appreciate you, and uh, good luck turkey hunting, and enjoy the podcast. I think we are live, so everyone joining us here, we are 
live with the legend himself, Dave Owens of the Pinhoti Project. Is that how you pronounce it, Dave? It is. You awesome. got it. Nailed it. And and where did that name come from? Uh, Pinhoti's a, a its origin comes from the Creek Indians. It's uh it actually means turkey home. Uh, it's a name of a popular hiking trail that kind of comes up along the Alabama and Georgia line and, and um, meets up with the Appalachian Trail, the AT that everybody's very familiar with. But um, you know, with its uh, with its kind of home roots and uh, you know a turkey centralized meeting a uh, meaning there with the with the name we just kind of just that kind of all fell into place when we started trying to think of how we were wanting to label um what we were fixing to try to do so sure i think awesome. you, i think you knocked it out of the park yeah it's very unique yeah uh after everybody figures out how to pronounce it and uh and gets used <laughs> to saying it a few times it's uh you don't find many other things called pinhoti other than the trail over here that's next door to us and and that so that's awesome. And where are you from, Dave? Sorry, I'm viewer. from here in northwest Georgia. Um, uh, born and raised in Cedartown, Georgia, right on the Alabama line. Kind of moved a little bit closer to the city. Uh, currently uh, in Ackworth. Been here for like seven or eight years. Um, and uh, kind of been here my whole life. And what do you do for your non-hunting time? What's your <laughs> What's your secondary job besides first yeah, sec? Uh, I'm a... Uh, I run a termite and pest control business. Uh, my cousin owns the termite and pest control business and I run it. Um, and he, uh, allows me that flexibility to kick around during the springtime. Like I do. Nice. Well, Which exciting. is a lot, but not quite enough. <laughs> so so is it only termites or is there other pests that you guys deal with? Yeah, It's everything, everything bug related. Yep. You know, pest control termites, um, you know, pest control, you know, you, Tackle any kind of bug anybody has a problem with, really. So okay, can can we get like your craziest story then? <laughs> yeah. What's the worst? Especially in Georgia, you guys have bugs. We don't have bugs right here in Wisconsin right now because it's cold yeah, enough. Yeah, y'all get frozen out. But yeah, we got a lot of bugs. You know, we uh, have tons of bugs. It's usually not the bugs; it's the crazy stuff. It's the it's the people that you bump into with the bugs. <laughs> yeah. it's usually a lot crazier. Yeah. So Stay you know, out of the back the swamps. That's that's. That's what scares me about down there. Yeah. <laughs> so we're we're obviously super excited for you to have on. We appreciate you taking your time out of your night to join us. Um, yeah, absolutely. Before we get started, is there what's the best place for all our viewers to find you? I think you guys are really prevalent on Instagram. That's where we initially got introduced to you. But yeah, yeah, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and then I have the uh, the website there. Um, that's kind of just got kicked off and up and running maybe a month or so ago, but YouTube is where we do our thing. Um, you know, that's where all of our content, uh, can be found is on YouTube. Um, so we're, uh, hoping to continue to grow there. So where our videos will be found, um, you know, everything that we've done in the past and anything we would do in the future, that's where we plan on, uh, plan on showcasing it is there on our YouTube channel. Nice. Awesome. And here again, it's Penhody Project, so it's a pretty unique name. You're not going to get bombarded <laughs> if you Google Penhody Project. It's, it's pretty unique. You're probably going to find it pretty easily. If you guys if you guys start typing in P I N H, I'm pretty sure it'll pop up right in your face. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, how? So, interestingly enough, I know living in Georgia, you had a, probably a 
completely different introduction to hunting than we did in Wisconsin in the Midwest. So kind of explain what your introduction to hunting was and what you were doing as a kid. And you know, we were we were out shooting squirrels and turkey hunting and, and deer hunting as little kids. What were you guys doing in Georgia? It was a lot of the same kind of stuff. You know, we were kids, and uh, my dad's a fanatical deer hunter, always has been since the beginning of time, as far as I know. Um, and he introduced us to the outdoors, I guess, just, just as, a, as a whole. Um, you know, the, the specific uh, target there was deer, but um, it kind of got our feet wet. And I was always the kid that uh, my brother as well, we, we were, you know, there wasn't a, um, a songbird or a gray squirrel that was safe around our house. You know, we were constantly in the woods uh, with pellet rifles and um, entertaining ourselves and shooting a bunch of things we probably shouldn't have. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's how we kind of learned. Uh, you know, I think that speaks volumes about people's uh, woodsmanship when it starts to uh, develop and grow. To learn how to move through the woods and um, how to maneuver and and uh, all of those you know aspects that are kind of hard to to teach somebody without experience you know with you know you just got to gain them through experience and so we started that way and uh, I don't know what caused me to get the turkey hunting bug it um, but it struck me my dad never turkey hunted um, uh, I just uh, I think it must have been some old um video some vhs i remember watching the all stars of spring vhs and the night and hell i think it's called goblin fantails or something like that and uh, stuff like that and i guess that's what would give me the bug um to start you know turkey hunting and um it all you know it started from there before i could even drive you know my my mom would um wake up and i got permission through some family friends to hunt a little place uh i don't think it was over you know 30 or 40 acres but they had turkeys on it and they invited me to, to turkey hunt and my mom would wake up before daylight on the weekends and go dump me out at this family friend's place and i'd be there and she'd pick me up in the driveway at lunch so that's how i started um that and, and just a handful of times that i could talk my dad into getting up early enough to take me out to some of the public ground or some of the hunting club that we used to be in um, was how I kind of first started getting my feet wet and experiencing turkeys and, um, you know, just, just gaining that knowledge about turkeys and what they do and why they do it. And I guess that's when I really became infatuated with it. I really just couldn't get enough. Uh, um, I guess just constantly getting beat by them. It just, uh, you, you know, I just one of those type of people. I wanted to be good at it. I, I liked it and, and, um, just a desire to be good at something just caused me to continue to try and continue to work and um, try to, you know, sharpen each each portion of that, that whole, you know, piece there that makes you a good turkey hunter. And, right. um, you know, that's kind of where, where it all started from, from little, from little bitty guy. <laughs> so it's safe to say that turkey hunting is your favorite game to absolutely. hunt. Yeah, so absolutely. So maybe the more appropriate question is what else do you hunt besides turkeys? <laughs> I do deer hunt a little bit, or I say a little bit, put it this way, anything that I get into, I get obsessive about, and I do it, um, you know, I do it as much as I can, and, you know, as time will allow, uh, but I won't allow myself to take time away from work and stuff like that, because I know that would, you know, that then my turkey season would be compromised, because I can't take the time to chase deer or ducks or, you know, et cetera, whatever it may be, because that means that are those days that I could potentially take during the spring and nothing takes away from the spring, like absolutely nothing. So <laughs> right. um, I deer hunt fanatically on the weekends or when a holiday or when I can wiggle loose, but I don't, you know, 
it's hard to justify spending those out-of-state, you know, tag fees and stuff like that when you can only hunt the weekend. So I pretty much uh, I stay here in, at home in Georgia and Alabama hunting deer, and that's about I was it. Say, I how do you crazy how do you how do you swing the? Uh, I'm sure the pests and the insects are pretty bad in the spring, you, but you're able to <laughs> yeah, step away for a couple weeks. Yeah, that's a uh, that's always an interesting part of the season because. I guess what it just all boils down to is uh, anybody that knows me, including my cousin who runs his company, knows that um, it's going to be turkey hunting or it's going to be nothing. <laughs> so if somebody tried to say, well, you can't turkey hunt this week, then it would be nothing. I would be gone. Uh, so I guess it's kind of that type of situation. I try to always, um, you know, take everybody into consideration, but it's almost involuntary for me to be selfish during turkey season. Um, anybody that, you know, all my friends know that, my family knows that. Uh, my poor girlfriend knows that, that when turkey season comes around, um, all bets are off. And it's <laughs> no, it's like you said you're you know, four I don't mean to be rude. I don't mean to be moody. You know, I don't, re- I don't mean to be uh, uh, as selfish as I am, but when turkey season comes, all bets are off. Well, I've always said being being self-aware is, the, is one of the most important things in a person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. as long as you're self-aware that you're selfish in the spring, I'm self-aware Absolutely. that I'm selfish in the spring and the fall. So, yeah, I, there's no, 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 I don't make any bones about it. I apologize before the season. Say, look, I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> I know that there's going to be things that I don't show up to. Um, my mother, I'm sorry that I'm not going to be there for Mother's Day. I'm sorry <laughs> that I probably won't be here for Easter. Just know that I want to be here, but I just can't. Oh, it's man, like man. that that whole I don't want to, I have to kind of thing. I want to be, but I just we're not going to be able to do it. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, it's that's just kind of how how I how I'm I'm cut, I guess. Oh yeah, we're 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 we have the same issues, if you you could say. <laughs> so, kind of explain to everybody. I don't know how many people have heard of the Pinhoti Project, um, where where the name came from. I know we talked about it before we went live here, but um, yeah, for everyone else, it's very interesting backstory. Yeah, uh, where I was born and raised is uh, over here on the Georgia and Alabama line. And Chubbs, who is uh, uh, one of those characters you'll see in there with me quite a bit, uh, he was he was born and raised just on the other side of the line. So we both hunted uh, around uh, that area, and there's a very popular hiking trail that runs up and down through there that uh, hooks up with the Appalachian Trail northward there, um, which everybody's usually familiar with. But that trail's called the Pintote Trail, and uh, Pintote's a, a Creek Indian word. Um, that actually means turkey home um, so it's got a lot of uh, kind of a historical meaning there um, and when we were trying to figure out what we wanted to um, you know what we wanted to call this thing what we wanted to label this uh, this thing that we were fixing to try to do as I think it was my girlfriend we were actually driving driving home and we were you know coming down a little road and one of those signs uh, it crosses the road the trail crosses the road there and she's yeah. like you know um, you guys should call it the Pinhoti project and it just kind of stuck and there it goes <laughs> kind of built from there yeah it's always interesting how those names come about it's always something very simple but it, that's a really cool yeah background. everybody so, it's like what does that even mean that, and, and and you know the, the few people that google it and try to figure out what the meaning of pinhoti means and then they stumble into you know the creek indian meaning turkey home they're like well oh that all makes so much sense now it was so foreign and now it just makes sense yeah it's cool that it has a like a down home meaning for you too yeah absolutely it's it's a place that we 
We, uh, you know, it, it, it walks through uh, Chattahoochee National Forest and Talladega National Forest and a lot of the WMAs down here in, um, and in Alabama and, and Georgia has a portion of the Penhody Trail that cruises through it. So um, we've hunted alongside it, you know, uh, in the past, uh, you know, when we were younger and stuff. So it's, uh, you know, it's just, yeah, it's definitely a down-home meaning for us. Yeah. Well, you guys are doing really cool stuff. That's for sure. It's the uh, we we try to just it's just us. It's just nothing nothing's done kind of intentional. It's stuff that we've been doing for years that's just never been, you know, especially when I was younger, I just thought everybody did it this way and you know, everybody loved turkey hunting when it got turkey season everybody was like I was and then I started looking around me and figuring out that that wasn't the case. <laughs> I was kind of a strange bird, you know. Yeah. I went I went as far as figuring out having to drag my dad out for about six years straight when I was like not old enough to drive that not everyone was like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, I did the same thing. I was, I started when I got obsessed with it before I could drive and, yeah. um, and I, I would talk my dad into take me a handful of times that I think it was just annoying for him because I didn't know what I was really doing. I just wanted to do it really bad. And I, like I said, I talked my mom every weekend. Uh, she would get up on Saturday and Sunday and drop me off at the, and it was like a 25 minute drive. She would drive, me to this little 30 or 40 acres that we had getting i had been given permission to hunt and she'd come pick me up at lunch so i had driven everybody crazy enough where they just wanted to kind of throw me out in the woods and rinse their hands of me for at least a half a day or so on the weekend so i wouldn't drive them crazy with turkey calls probably well that's how you do um, it though yeah but luckily i was my, my my mother moved and i was able to get really close to some really good turkey hunting she moved right in the middle of some good turkey hunting and all I needed then was a four wheeler and did a lot of door knocking and and before I knew it I was I was into a lot of good turkey hunting so that was that was awful convenient. But there isn't very much uh, privately owned land around you that you have access to in Georgia. Or? Oh yeah, there's plenty of private. Okay. You know, if you if you you know you if you want to go that route, there's plenty of private. It's just you know everything's wrapped up in leases a lot, or you know, or you know a lot of it's family land and and there's other people you know the family hunts it. So, um, right. You know, I mean, you can only do what you can do. And I just, I have to have a very large amount of acreage to be able to turkey hunt the way I like to turkey hunt. Um, so being trapped down to even a, you know, a couple thousand acres, like if I was in a lease, that was a couple thousand acres that would only entertain me for a very short amount of time, um, before I would be, you know, before I would be looking for, you know, over the next ridge or whatever. So public land, that's what's always been appealing to me because it's, you know, we have some WMAs that are, you know, tens of thousands of acres big, and it's a national forest up north that's hundreds of thousands, you know. So, um, always room to roam. Always, I don't have to let my legs slow down. I can always keep my feet moving, which is the way I like to do it. Well, that's definitely that's the positive of public land, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> so, what is the exact? How many days straight did you hunt last year? Um, straight. I'm not. I, I did. Or how many days did you turkey hunt in the season? I turkey hunted 75 mornings last year. Um, you know, so that's what ended, that was the end game there was, it ended up being 75 mornings. I documented all of it, um, you know, to the best of my ability anyways. Um, being our first year and never really, you know, I'd videoed some turkey hunts in the past, um, but I just kind of did it when it was convenient. You know, I didn't do it to this extreme which a lot of it is inconvenient, like very, very inconvenient. Um, so there was some, 
you know, some pains along the way, forgotten SD card, lost SD cards, forgotten batteries, forgot cameras. I mean, well, there was a, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of, uh, pains along the way, but <laughs> stuck it out. And I can honestly say I looked into that camera and described what was going on every single morning, which got to be very tough. Um, is it got, you know, starting at about day 25 or 30, it got tough. So by the yeah, time 75 got here, it? it was real tough. So going on the tough part, what uh, what would you say was the toughest part of that 75 morning stretch? Oh, man. I mean, when you turkey hunt and then you have a full-time job, you're working 40, 45 hours a week, and then you're, um, you know, with turkey hunting every day before work. You know, in the southeast, we got a lot of turkey hunters, so um, – you know, it, you don't just have to get up before daylight. You got to get up in time to get to the gate before the next guy does. So, sure. um, you know, you're getting up at, you know, the first couple weeks, you know, like when Alabama was open before Georgia was, and I was, you know, over here at work, I was getting up at like two 30 in the morning to drive mm-hmm. over there. It's about an hour and 20 or 30 minute drive and hunt for a couple hours and then get in the truck and drive all the way back the hour and 15, 20 minutes to work. Um, you do that for about two weeks and you get tired quick. Um, that doesn't, doesn't leave a whole lot of time for sleep. Um, but, um, you know, you're, you're running basically just wide open, burning it at both ends and running on about, you know, anywhere from four hour round, you know, four hours sleep being average that, you know, that gets, you get pretty tired and ornery pretty quick. So it's tired to look in. It's, it's tiring and it's, it's hard to look into that camera every morning and say, hey, guys, it's me again. You know, I'm still turkey hunting. <laughs> I haven't killed a turkey this week and still here. haven't really heard much. It's been raining. It's been cold. I'm tired of the wind. You know, I'm just looking for a break. But I did, you know. So, yeah, it, it was very frustrating at times. And then, you know, so that's, I knew it was going to be. But even I, who knew it was going to be rough, didn't expect quite what we found. So what was the what was the hardest part? Getting up in the mornings or keeping your job and your girlfriend? Uh, the job and the girlfriend kind of just all went rolling with the punches. They were used to it because they've both been around for quite <laughs> I a while. I suppose they've been around for a while. Yeah. Uh, the roughest part is, yeah, that whole documentation and then looking at yourself like, man, you look tired, terrible, and miserable. <laughs> and, um, and I understand that. And, you know, you get bags under your eyes. Your eyes are barely open. I mean – there was some vlogging when I was, you know, tootling up dirt roads and stuff where I literally was sitting there holding the camera and, and could watch myself kind of doze off. I thought that is not safe, <laughs> you know, and um, people probably think that's, a, you know, that's playing like I like that was, wasn't intentional. But no, I mean, that that is pure life, you know, um, that's tough. And then and then the, and then the, it was really tough, you know, after the season. Um, I go, you know, I and probably every turkey hunter goes through a quite a depression stage, you know, starting in June. And during that depression stage is when I had to hit the hit the uh, editing, you know, and start editing all of this stuff. And I mean, as you can imagine, documenting every single day, there was a mountain of footage, um, you know, and I was trying to put out these videos as quick as I could. And, you know, putting out a 30 minute hunt would take, you know, eight or 10 hours worth of editing and I don't think many people realize how much goes into editing this stuff. You know, um, you get one out and everybody's wanting another one. And I'm like, hold on a second, you know, pump the brakes. You know, I just spent 12 hours on that last one, you know? Um, 
so that got tiring, you know, but, um, all in all, I'm proud of it. Um, you know, looking back at it, it's, uh, something that I'm, I'm glad to hang. Uh, I'm proud to hang my hat on. Well, you do it again. Are you going to do it again this year? Or are you going to kind of transition yeah, into something some else? Yeah, I definitely got some things in the works. Um, you know, as with everything, season two has, has got to be better than season one. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can't have a remake and have it not show. I don't know if that's completely true when it comes to hunting documentaries, because let's just base it. We don't really control how good the season goes. Um, all we can do is put forth the effort and be determined and, um, and, you know, push ourselves, but ultimately mother nature, good Lord is going to determine how well the season goes. But all we can do is, is make sure that we've done our part for, you know, preparation and determination. Well, you put us to shame 75 <laughs> days straight. That's pretty wild. I get tired after about a two week rut hunt. Oh yeah. I can bet. Yeah. <laughs> that can so be I, pretty draining too if you do pulling those all day sits i mean that it, it's incredible how sitting still for 12 hours can be uh exhausting. you probably are more you're probably a little better behaved at nighttime too if you're getting up every day like that <laughs> <laughs> so we had yeah some, we have to we have to be you know, I know you have like, to be yeah where's on you so we had someone ask what is your most memorable hunt from last year Oh, from last year, man. Yeah. There's a lot of memorable ones. Um, it's really hard to, to determine just one. Um, I loved opening day, Courtney down there killing that Osceola. It's, it's always fun to kill that first one of the season. Like yeah. your emotions are so like just overflowing, you know. Um, you know your excitement is to the brim, and when a hunt unfolds like that one did with that turkey gobbling like it did and getting right outside of sight and strutting and drumming as loud as it did and then everything coming together it was the kind of the inaugural hunt for the Penhody project i had i felt like i had a weight on my shoulders i wanted to produce something that people wanted to see and for it to come you know together on the first couple hours of the first hunt was uh man that was that was borderline emotional i mean it, it was fun but then, you know, we turned right around and we have an absolutely beautiful hunt with Chubbs that next day to where, you know, you get to watch an Osceola in real Osceola habitat. Like you see a lot of these videos with these, um, you know, birds cruising through cow pastures and stuff. And that's just not realistic if you plan on hunting Osceolas and on, you know, public ground, at least not general public ground, you know, um, that was a lot of fun. And, you know, when we when you hunted with old man Joe, everybody talks about old man Joe's hunt, that last hunt in Florida. Um, man, old Joe, he's seventy nine years old, I think it is. Um, Joe's the first man I ever met in South Florida when I went down there my first time as a as a freshman in college, which has been quite a few years ago. And um, he pointed me in the right direction on some public turf down there, and I've kept up with Joe for years now i mean that's been gosh i can't even remember how many years it's been ago you know now it's 15 years ago i guess let's see i must have been yeah like 15 or 16 years ago when all that happened and then never hunted with joe before and joe like i said he's he's way on up in age but he's still got the desire and the, and the want to and we we drug him out there uh squirrel and i um and man we had a 
Osceola gobbler come into the beautiful, most beautiful setting, you know, right at the end of the hunt, you can hear another hunter yelping to him because it is Florida public hunting at its finest and Joe smashes him out there. And it's just, man, I mean, there were so many, it, I, I would sit here for hours and talk about every single one of those hunts, you know, <laughs> well, you go out um, 75 mornings, they're going to have a couple. Yeah. I mean, I killed a gobbler who, who walked through water. You got to listen to trudge through water. I mean, that really and, no and gobbling our gobbling our face right before I shot him at, at 30 yards in Florida. I mean, that's just Florida by itself, you know? That's um, amazing. I can't even get a turkey to cross a ditch, and you're getting them to cross water. That's insane. Yeah. Well, this Osceola's. That's like yeah, comparing an apple and an orange. You know, those guys live in the water, um, so they're they're pretty used to walking in the water. Um, but yeah, that guy was in ankle deep water, just trudging. You could hear him just trudging right along. Um, uh, or actually, we were watching him at that point, but he was trudging right along, and and um, yeah, it was a pretty cool experience when you can hear him walking in the water, which happens, you know. I won't say often, but it's happened. It happens down in Florida quite a bit. You can hear them walking in that water before you see them. Um, shoot, but man, there's there's so many memorable hunts from last year. Uh, holding that video camera, you know, it's easy to have a good season and then just kind of, you know, uh, appreciate it. But then almost it almost goes forgotten about until something specific calls it up. But then when you got these videos to go back and look at, it's uh, it's something else to come see them unfold. You know. Um, so, you know, I'm assuming everybody, if, if anybody's watched it, they probably watched the, the Washington, like the, the Pacific Northwest episodes up there when we took yeah. that. You know, that's just that's just the epitome of what I hope to uh, symbolize, like just a guy that wanted to go somewhere and grabbed his maps and got on the phone, called some biologists and and did what he what you need to do, did the research, um, you know went up there and hunted straight public ground and, and fell into a, just a pile of turkeys and, and had, you know, got to watch all of that hard work and months worth of preparation come full circle and, and, and was able to kill two turkeys in two days and went right, right, right over to Montana and did the same thing and then picked Courtney up and watched her get her first Miriam and complete her single season slam her first morning in Washington. So, um, you know, all of that, all of that stuff, man, I mean, you just, that's what's incredible about turkey season to me. It's hard to hang your hat on one so-called perfect, best, most memorable hunt because every single one of them is just so exhilarating to me. I think that's what keeps me, you know, driven. I, that's why I can't get tired of it. It's like, you know, I'm expecting and I hope I have another, you know, just one more, you know, just one more this 2019 season. If I could, you know, just, um, you know, just have one more hunt like right. that. Just get to go through that adrenaline rush one more time. Um, you know, I'd be satisfied. Right. So, uh, we had another person ask the best advice you can give to a non-experienced hunter to get the job done. Non-experienced turkey hunters that want to start turkey hunting. Uh, there's, there's, I mean, there's so much that goes into turkey hunting. Essentially, you got you need to know the bird, and everybody's going to tell you to know the bird. You know, understand them. You know, and there's so much. There's a wealth of knowledge through YouTube and all these platforms to where you can watch turkeys be turkeys now. But as as far as a mindset on how a new turkey hunter uh, needs to approach it, is just realize that you're not hunting some super creature. 
a lot of people kind of personalize turkeys. They give them attributes that they don't have. They treat them like people. Um, <laughs> you got to realize these turkeys are just out there for survival and they're nervous. Um, they're nervous all the time because they are, everything eats a turkey. So, uh, just approach them as, as that, just, just as prey. Um, you know, they, um, they have an innate uh, ability to avoid danger and, um, you know, a- approach them as, as just a bird. Don't give them some type of supernatural powers. They can't, they can't hear what you're thinking. You know, um, study turkeys and their, and their, um, you know, their, their characteristics and the things that they do. And then, uh, you know, put that into motion. Once you hear one, know that he's not, he doesn't know what you're doing. You know, he can't, he can't guess what you're doing. <laughs> and, you know, you, you use what you've learned through studying their habits and stuff. Um, to put yourself in the right place. It doesn't take, a lot of people are expecting answers like, oh, you've got to get proficient on a mouth call. Oh, you've got to have a gun that puts 95% of your pattern in a 10 inch circle at 40 (laughs) yards. Oh, you need this gadget. Oh, you need that gadget. How about those new new, uh, turkey loads that they're selling? Yeah. The only thing you need to kill turkeys consistently, you already have, and it sits between your ears. That's the only thing you need. That's a, that's a great, great piece of advice. Great piece of advice. So, uh, you know, we we love you. We we think you're the king of public hunting. We we'd hate to bring you on here and not get you know your public hunting tips and tricks. You know, we're covering a twelve part series here. So, if anything you can think of t- public hunting wise, so um, where do you have the most success? How do you uh, scout your properties? Um, you know, we're running a little short on time, but I think the biggest things that you, you kind of draw from your success over the past years of public hunting, cause you do a lot of it. Yeah. I hang my hat on being a public land hunter, something I'm proud of, not <clears> that I'm too good to hunt private land because if anybody's got any, well, it seems that way they want to offer up, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you, you can approach public land. Um, turkeys are turkeys. They're going to do turkey things. Um, I made a statement a long time ago that it raised a bunch of eyebrows and a bunch of people kind of, if you brush over it, you won't understand it. But I said, um, you know, a, a public land turkey is no harder to kill than a private land turkey, but it's harder to kill a turkey on public land. Yeah. Um, and that just means that hunting turkeys on public land usually comes with a lot of other obstacles that you won't have on, on private land. Um, you know, so you got to approach public land. A lot of people think that it's, it's pressure. Um, but a lot of times pressure can come from a couple of different ways. It can come from those areas that are close to the road, but it can also come from the time that you choose to hunt. Um, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, weekends versus weekdays can be a difference in night and day. Um, you know, uh, as far as hunting pressure, um, locations are good and access is a good thing. You know, if you look at a piece of public ground and you, and you, consider how everybody else would go about accessing that property uh, using roadways or, uh, you know, power line right-of-ways or anything that would make access easier for them. Um, try to shy away from that. A lot of times I'll use things that people won't, like uh, I'll use ridge lines or, or hollows or ravines, uh, something like that to help navigate my way back into a spot that may be less pressured because it doesn't have any type of, you know, quote-unquote easy access. Um, those land features like, you know, ridges and, and, and creeks and, and stuff like that, um, can provide perfect kind of, uh, you know, a directional tool to get you from point A to point B in the dark. Um, 
once you get in there, you know, it's, it's all about efficiency. It's all about picking the right spot. Um, assuming if you're hunting public land, you've got the ability to kind of scout it through satellite imagery before you ever put your feet on it. Look do you do those, a lot of that? Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. I do yeah. an extensive amount of that. And I'm trying to do, I'm doing something almost a little bit different now since I've, I've done so much of that. I'm almost trying to, I've got a kind of a, a base knowledge all across the country since I've hunted all, all of the states. There's always somewhere that I could go to that I've hunted in the past. So I'm almost trying to just uh, pick places on the fly that makes me almost use, you know, use your skill sets without knowing, without having those areas that you're going to go visit that you've already picked out on satellite. Almost like looking at your maps on your phone right as you get there, picking a few spots and going like on the fly. But anyways, that's here and there. Um, you can, uh, look at that satellite imagery, uh, pick those, uh, areas that have some, uh, varying habitat types. Turkeys need more than one thing. So expecting them to be in an area that only provides one, you know, if you, you know, provides one, you know, piece of substance that they might need, they're going to need all of it, you know, food, yeah. water, uh, different types of food, foods that are high in protein, you know, hens will need that when they start nesting, one pulse poults come around, they'll need that. And, um, trying to find a place where those habitats will kind of converge um creek bottoms are always something that i kind of shoot for uh, i like to uh, listen over creek bottoms um and put yourself in those type of situations where you can efficiently hunt a large amount of property um i don't like putting myself on an island i guess i'm saying is i like to use ridge tops and stuff to where i can cover you know a mile um and casting my calls down into every time i call it's going to be in fresh untouched turf um it just makes it you know uh, gives my calls the ability to work for me um you know if you're calling into the same piece of turf you're only gonna you know there's only so many turkey ears that your calls are gonna hit but if you're uh walking along a ridge line and, and hitting different creek bottoms on opposite sides of that ridge line you're gonna be able to put your calls in a lot more turf that could potentially have the right turkey that could like what you're saying um so kind of plan your attack to be able to efficiently hunt a large amount of uh, turf um, would be my next, you know, next uh, kind of bit of advice. Um, I don't know. I think, man, with, with, the, with those couple little key features, worrying about your access and being able to cover a lot of ground and, and being proficient at once you strike a turkey, being proficient in, you know, looking at topo maps and being able to get close to him using terrain features and then saying what he wants to hear, um, is you know it may seem like a little bit of a watered down or a simplified approach to to what you're doing there but it's kind of the gist of it i guess that's some great stuff man that is some great stuff so we don't want to keep you all night and um but what is the biggest thing you want to mention to our listeners you know we went over earlier but there's some new people watching now um biggest way they can find you i think i'm going to show them your youtube here right now that'll be the yeah, easiest yeah way. we've got a presence on youtube hope can hopefully it'll continue to grow um 2019 i'm hoping it's going to be a really big year for penhody project it's still up and running um it was a lot of work uh 2018 and and at the end of those videos i was really scratching my head wondering if i wanted to sign up for this but um I'll to be, to be completely honest with you man the, the outpouring of support and the people that have sent me messages and emails and uh, bought you know the little bit of merchandise I've made available with, it, with our logo and stuff on it. Uh, it's been kind of overwhelming, and uh, yeah. it's it's very humbling to know that 
like we said earlier, the Pinhoti, nobody even knew what that name meant, and nobody even still knows what it means probably, but now uh, to know that it's kind of associated with a style of hunting, um, traveling turkey hunting, uh, and kind of knowing that you were at the root of creating that kind of, uh, you know, that kind of personality that accompanies that name now, it's, it's, it's pretty humbling, and I, I look forward to um, you know, you just, you just got to continue to see if you can get it to grow, see if it'll continue to grow and see if you can continue to produce this content that may, uh, inspire somebody, you know, inspire somebody to pack their bags and go next door. Um, turkey hunting has so much more to offer. It's not like, you know, oftentimes you can turkey hunt for about a third of the cost of what a deer tag costs. You know, all you right. need is a, a, you know, a turkey gun and some boots. Um, and you can travel all over the country with that, living on a minimal budget and see parts of the country you'll never see otherwise. I think it's just got so much to offer. Um, so, um, you know, check out YouTube. Watch us. More is coming. Um, you can follow us kind of more day by day on Instagram and Facebook like everybody else. You know, kind of see what we're up to, our antics. Um, Chubbs and I usually get into it pretty good. And uh, <laughs> that's usually pretty amusing for everybody. But, um, but yeah, I guess that's uh, kind of the gist of uh, what the Pinhoti Project's direction is going to be. That's awesome, man. Well, we appreciate you coming on. And and uh, obviously, we're going to love bringing you on during the season, hopefully, if you get time, because I'm gonna, my goal this year is to hunt about 40 mornings. We're gonna try to, I'm going to try to get over half of what you did last year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your, you, a, what, you got any trips planned for South oh, yeah. Florida early season? Yeah, we'll be down in South Florida early. I mean, we don't, I don't have a lot of things in concrete. I leave my, my, um, schedules kind of flexible. Uh, I'm going to kind of be wherever the weather's going to be nice and the turkeys are gobbling, hopefully. So cool. some stuff cool. that obviously is, yeah, South Florida, I'll be down there for probably near a couple weeks at least. Um, and they we'll start end of February or first week of March. What's that now? Does their season start end of February or first week of March? Uh, their regular season starts the first weekend in March. Yeah, okay. they've got a youth season the weekend before that, and I'll be down there uh, videoing a youth, a young guy for uh, for Florida's youth opener. So, um, be down there, kind of kicking it off a week earlier than I normally do. Um, but yeah, be there and then come back up to Alabama and Georgia. I'm going to go over and hunt with. Uh, with they did an auction hunt uh for a young fella or i said young it's a, it's a fella that had cancer um i've never had an opportunity to meet him so i don't know how young he is to be honest with you but uh but he uh, had gotten cancer and they auctioned off a hunt for fun so i volunteered to, to help with that and that's in south carolina so we're gonna go over there and hunt for a week and um uh before before that hunt and then i'll help with that and also going to hunt with another uh group called the kt team down in south georgia who uh, i don't know if you guys are familiar with them or not True. Um, really cool organization physically challenged uh guys that that have a passion for the outdoors and, oh that was what uh, that, you guys were you guys were posting about that last week you must have been at a um you must yeah, have been at a yeah. fundraiser or something for them yeah, well, yeah, they, uh, they're going to be at the Grand Nationals, you know, the NWTF show, and they've got a booth and going to be in there with them and hanging out with them quite okay. a bit. And Man, they just got a, a, an awesome kind of uh, message, you know. They, they're they doing awesome things, and, um, man, you know, somebody that, that uh, kind of goes through the things those folks have, have right. gone through and then their outlook on life is still as bright as it is. I mean, those guys are an inspiration, you know. What's that, um, what's that group again? It's the KT team 
I'm just going to try to find it so I can show people. Yeah, those guys are, man, they're... The K-Team. Jason, Jason Beard team Harry Inc. Terrell. Yep. The KT Team. Let me bring it up on the page here. So, KT Team Inc., everyone hop over and give them a like. Yeah, they're an awesome group of guys. And like I said, man, you read their, you know, you read what 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 they're all about, and, and you can see the direction that they're going, and what they're what they're about, and who they're for, and, and man, you just watch their message and, and stuff. It's uh, it really puts things into perspective. It did for me, and just uh, <laughs> in what little bit of time I've been able to spend, you know, I've known Carrie for for quite a while through the competitive calling thing. Just met Jason within a couple, last year or so, and man, just the inspiration that that guy is. And, and how he is uh, physically, you know, his, his his challenges have done nothing but open doors, you know. It's, right. uh, I tell you what, it's humbling, man. Well, we'd love to have we'd love to have you on, Dave.